Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's business soup. I'm your host, John Dibbavoise. Today, we're going to dive into digital marketing. So we reached out to Siddharth Razikar to talk about how you can become an effective marketer in the digital age. He has learned from the best, and he's going to pass that on to us right here, right now, especially in developing the webinar. We're going to dive into the webinar presentation, how to build a relationship, how to solve a problem, and a call to action. Siddharth is going to show us how we can be an expert in the world of digital marketing, right here on Business Soup. Sids, welcome to this serving of Business Soup. Great to be here, John. It is our pleasure. You have quite a journey that brought you over to the United States in your digital marketing. Everybody has been running at lightning speed to the Internet. We know we have to be there. We just don't know how to be there and how to take our hands-on business and turn it into a digital environment. I've interviewed a lot of people that have taken trade shows and made them into virtual reality shows. What have you done to enhance your businesses in what you call your digital world? Tell us about that. How does it work? Great question, John. I come from the music industry. I never knew that I would be in this industry. Uh, it's like an Alice in Wonderland story. In the year 2009, I had actually launched an album along with my wife, uh, independently online, setting up a simple website, gave away a free song, collected a database of over 5,000. And the day that I launched my album, I had around 800 people who bought that album for $10 each. This was back in 2009. That was my first taste of success on the internet. All right. So the first thing you did was that you gave a hook. You gave away something free and that got them to come over to you. Myself, everybody knows I have my five points to success. If you take away any one of the five points, your business will fail. So you learned that you've got to give something to get something. So you learned that you give away a song, they come over, they give you their information, and now you have a database to build from, and then you turn that database around and you've monetized it by saying, here's the rest of the album. Absolutely. And that's how business works. You know, it's about, it's a reciprocation. It's about solving a problem. And in, in my case, I was not solving a problem back then. I was, it was entertainment. But later on, when I evolved uh, from the music industry into the digital marketing industry, which I got in, in 2012, I set up my own agency. I understood that it's the same principles. Like you want to get business. First step is you need to be visible. You need to be present in the online space. The next step is there has to be some kind of reciprocation in terms of generating leads, whether you want to give away a free song in my case, or you want to give away a free report, or you want to do a free webinar or a free training. And from there, once you've established your authority and your expertise, then you can offer them your product or service. So those are the three steps. The first step is exposure. The second step is to attract. And the third step is to convert. I have said for 20 some odd years now in broadcast and podcasting now that you can have the best product or service, but if you don't have distribution, you got nothing. You could be the greatest singer since Elvis, but if no one hears your voice, they're not going to hear you or buy any product or service from you. So you got their attention and you created distribution way back in 2012, back in the dinosaur age of digital marketing. 
you had the idea, you had the product and the distribution down. So you started to monetize it. How long did it take to grow that first? It's a compounding. One begets two, two beget four. How long should a business, and using yourself as an example, what did you do to, to compound that into something that created a living? The first phase when I set up the company, it was more of spending more time to build more relationships in the online space. So I should be spending a lot of time on LinkedIn. I would be messaging people, not trying to pitch my services, but I would genuinely build relationships. So I built my LinkedIn you know, database to over 5,000 people back then. Those conversations on LinkedIn used to get converted into Skype calls or even a one-to-one calls, coffee meetings in the local city, which I was in. And that's how I got my first bunch of clients. You know, And we were providing a service. We were providing digital marketing services for our small businesses. And uh, the initial bunch of clients that we got was purely based on the interactions and the relationships that I built online. And also, uh, I was a part of BNI. It was an offline business network. So it's a combination of these two that helped me get the initial momentum. And once this client started to flow in, we had a steady set of revenues coming in. We started to shift gears and we went into paid marketing. We were running our own ads, Google ads, Facebook ads, driving people into our own trainings. And through the trainings, you would get customers. So the first phase is very organic, which is a little bit more time consuming. But once you have a model in place, you can always scale it up using automation and paid advertising. So you went through LinkedIn, which is business to business. And that's what you were trying to attract as opposed to the Facebook, which is a broad reach of everything from Mm. kids. And you might get some of the people to look at you, but you narrowed a rifle shot at the businesses and you gave them something and you created distribution through the connections that you got through LinkedIn. This so reminds me of what I tell everybody. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to know how to put a spoke in it and make that wheel turn smoother, faster. So one of the things that I've seen is that businesses have gone from that in-person contact to virtual. And now Zoom has exploded, not only in content, but their stock value. And boy, you talk about when you get into one of those meetings, it looks like the Hollywood squares. How do you turn a webinar into a successful webinar and not have it look like a game of darts? How did you take the digital world of webinars and monetize that as so many people, including ourselves here at Business Soup, are trying to do? Yeah, the webinar has been one of my most powerful, I would say, tactics to get customers because it's one to many because in one webinar there's no limit to the number of people that you can have you know it just depends on the budget that you can put into ads to fill up a webinar room so really the expense is in the advertising or the marketing not in the production not in production because uh, of course the basic gear i need a good microphone a good camera some lighting all of that is the, the basics but besides that there's no other cost it's the advertising cost to fill up the webinar so the webinar has a structure If it's going to be a webinar where you want to educate, engage, and then offer your product or service, I follow a 90-minute webinar framework. The first 60 minutes is about delivering value first, and the next 15 minutes would be to give your offer, and then you can answer questions and convert your clients uh, towards the end. So the way that I do webinars, I've done easily over 600 webinars from 2015 onwards. I started to do the initial webinars. So I do at least three to four webinars a week uh, right now in my current business model. And I've been doing it consistently for the last two years, uh, which has been the maximum that I've done so far. And before that, it used to not be so frequent. So I follow the same template. So the first 10, 15 minutes is to establish rapport with the audience, understand what problem that you want to solve for them, talk a little bit about your backstory so that they get to know more about you as a person. 
and then I get straight into in-depth, well-researched content, which is very practical for them to implement for 45 minutes. And then I get into the actual sales process. And the sales process is not not like a very typical sales uh, pitch or anything, but I would just ask people permission. Would you be okay if I can tell you more about my products and services? People would say yes. Then I would talk about it. And those that are interested, I would give them uh, the next step. Now, is that in the video itself, in the webinar, where if you want to con- have them continue into the next step, click here? So there are two options. So the first option would be if I'm selling a product, I would give them a payment link and I would ask them to buy the product. So if it's going to be an information product, if I'm selling a course, that would be the way. If I'm going to sell a service, let's say I want to provide my marketing service to someone, I would ask them to fill a questionnaire where we gather more data and then I get them into a one-to-one call and there I close the deal. So the webinar is more of a pre-framing platform. It is not to actually get the payment in the case of a service that's being sold. Yeah, so these are the two scenarios that can be used. So how do you figure out your things such as your cost per click and how do you optimize that cost per lead? How do you figure those out? There are a few benchmarks because I used to be running a digital agency. I recently sold that company. Uh, We've spent a lot of money on ads on various industries, various campaigns. So there are some benchmarks that we have in terms of what is the ideal cost per lead uh, specific to different countries. For example, if I'm running ads only within India, an ideal cost per lead is probably a dollar a lead. And if I have to run the same campaign, say for a US target market, it would be at least five to six. It'd be five times of what is what it is in India because of the dynamic of the geography and the location. So the first step is to identify what are we going to sell? What is the price point? And then what are we willing to pay to acquire a customer? Once you know what is your CPA or what's your cost per customer acquisition. So normally we would know that number after running a campaign for a month. So for example, if I'm going to be spending say $2,000 uh, for this first month, I spend that money. I generate the leads. My first metric is what is my cost per lead? So let's say I've generated 200 leads, so $10 a lead. And then out of those 200, how many have actually converted into customers? And I would have a number. So let's say I have converted 20 customers. So 2,000 divided by 20 is, uh, is like $100 is my cost per acquisition. Now, as long as I'm charging my customer way more than $100, you know, for my product or service, <laughs> it's going to make sense. Yeah. So that's how we reverse engineers the whole process is to identify what are the price point we're selling at. And then we get into the whole marketing process. And usually, even though there are benchmarks, there can be a lot of variables uh, in conversions because there are many touch points to conversion, like right from how you design the ad, how you've designed your landing page, how you're presenting yourself in a webinar, even your mood during that webinar and your energy in that webinar. I mean, there are so many touch points to the whole conversion process. And that's, that's how we approach it. In broadcast and distribution, content is king and editing or quality of the presentation is what I call queen and distribution is God. Absolutely. I touched on distribution earlier, but like you pointed out, you have a good microphone. You've got a background that doesn't have the kids running in the background or a lawnmower going off. My audience is used to my horses chiming in from time to time. So you have all of the elements there. How do you establish the price point for your audience? And are you giving them something like if you sign up, I will give you this or a discount or what's that hook that you use? When it comes to sales, people are usually lazy when it comes to making a decision. So you have to sweeten the deal or there has to be an element of scarcity and urgency for them to make that decision. So if I'm selling a product online, let's say I'm selling a course, which I've been doing a lot the last two years. I would tell people that if they buy my product within 15 minutes, 
I would give them like five to 10 other bonuses, which are worth okay. like at least 10 times of what is the value of the product. And I would put a countdown timer and in 15 minutes, when anyone would buy, I would actually call out their names and I would welcome them into my world. So that is uh, what you can use in a product-based approach where you use a limiter in terms of time limiter. If you're selling a service, if I, were, if I was going to sell my marketing services as an agency, I would use scarcity. I would say I only have three spots that we can take and the first three people who register will be able to serve you. So you have to use both of these. So to sweeten the deal, you need to have bonuses and to make people take action, there has to be an element of either scarcity or urgency, either a time limiter or a quantity limiter. What are some of the things that you did wrong that you would say, you know what, don't do this because this didn't work for me back in the old days? What are some of the mistakes that you learned from in creating these webinars? You know, was nobody watching? Are you talking to a dark room? I've done webinars with two people in the room. And (laughs) And one of them was your wife. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One of them would have been a family member for sure. Initial days was more like uh, experimenting with myself. Yes, I've been going through a lot of different training programs, learning from other mentors. And uh, yeah, the initial days was was definitely an uphill journey. Even now, it's not a smooth journey. There's always ups and downs as dynamics in the business. But definitely in the initial phase, not having people in the webinars, uh, not being able to communicate effectively in the webinars. Also, my conversions dropped because I was giving too much of information in the webinars. Because sometimes we feel that we want to give a lot and there's a fine line between just giving it all and then you know, and knowing where to draw that line. You know, that's also a thing, something that I learned. And also I realized that, you know, facts tell, but stories sell. The more I got into constructing my content around stories and, and case studies and successful stories of people who have never done something and have been able to transform, those have been the most powerful webinars. When they come for a webinar, they're looking for very clear, precise, actionable points and also inspiration that they can do it. Because most people get stuck in their own mind whether they can do it or not. And the whole process of a webinar is to educate, engage, and to remove those resistances that people have. And the resistances can be removed through stories. So, Sid, what should be my target on conversion rates and cost per acquisition? You mentioned, you know, $1 per person. Is that realistic? I know that the 6 to $10 is more in, in what I've been spending. But what would be the target that would say, you know what, this is really working. I got the message out there and people are responding. For me, the way that I look at the the overall metric uh, is like if I'm putting a dollar in, currently my product business for every dollar in, I'm taking $8 out in the overall end of the funnel. So I have like three different offerings that I have, like a basic, an intermediate and an advanced course that I actually offer. And when I look at the overall funnel, it is extremely profitable because I've built it in that way, I've engineered it that way. So in some cases, what will end up happening is your cost per lead can go up. So for a, right now, there's a festive season happening in India. And usually when you have uh, the big companies like the Amazon and you've got these big names who are, who are spending big dollars on platforms like Facebook, even the cost per lead, all the metrics will start to shoot up because everyone yes. is bidding for the same audiences. So when that happens, there's going to be some dynamics in the cost going up. So the way that I look at my entire business is the overall ROAS and the ROI should be between 5 to 10x of what we are spending, including the tools and all the systems that go into all the you know, system costs that I have. 
since I'm in the digital product business, I'm now selling courses, I'm not selling services, the scalability is much higher. I only have two freelancers working for me. I don't have a big team. I do not have any office. Previously, I run the agency, I've sold that agency. So the profitability is also between 30 to 40% in my business after expenses and after paying taxes at this point in my business. So that's the only metric that I look for. So cost per lead, that can keep going up and down. So I'm sure in the US for you, it's five to $6 a lead. So According to that, you'll have to also sell products which actually substantiate for that. Sure. Uh, meaning you need to have at least a thousand, two thousand dollar product to actually substantiate the marketing costs that are going to be there. So yeah, that's how I look at the entire game. It's about, it's not just about revenues, but how much I'm able to keep after all expenses and and paying the taxes, and that's a big component as well. Oh, the little details there, the other ones and zeros that follow in suit. Since you have worked with some pretty outstanding people, Robert Kawasaki, Brian Tracy, one of my favorites, and others, you've learned from the masters and like having five different fingers, you learn something from each one of them. And now you bring it into one hand. How do you use what you learn from those and present them to those of us sitting on the other side of the screen and you're trying to sell your product that you learned the skills from those people. What did you learn that brings you to where you are today? Amazing question. I love that question. So Rich Dad Poor Dad was one of the initial books that really inspired me when I was still in a job. And uh, 10 years down the line, little did I know that I would be actually promoting Robert Kiyosaki's global events. Uh, His first event that came to India, we were doing the campaigns for that event. And then later on, we started to work with Success Resources for all the other events in other parts of the world. So I got a lot of experience because we did not have the kind of budgets to spend on our own marketing, but we were gaining experience on our craft by spending the budgets of our clients. So you're actually spending their budget money and we were learning through that process. So I did that for a good five years. What I learned from Robert Kiyosaki is definitely like he's like the the ambassador of entrepreneurship, I should say, for many people are inspired to get into entrepreneurship. Worldwide. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is what I take from Robert Kiyosaki. Brian Tracy is productivity and efficiency in being a, an optimum human being. You know, I learned so much from Brian Tracy on those elements and of course, promoting his events. Tony Robbins, his events, Unleash the Power Within, is all about passion. He uses the word uh, being unstoppable. Yes. And learned a lot from Tony Robbins on, on that front. And of course, the NLP, the techniques, you know, taking control of the mind. Got an opportunity to, to work with the Dr. John D. Martini. He's like a walking encyclopedia. You know, he is, uh, you know, read over 40,000 books. I shared the stage with him a couple of times and such an amazing human being. Uh, and something I learned from him was uh, the values. You know, he talks about the seven values. And if we are able to set a right foundation in terms of value system, that's what's going to unfold our entire life. So there's a whole value exercise that he has on his website. And of course, that's what I picked up from Dr. John D. Martini. What I noticed, a common thread amongst all of them is they're extremely down to earth and they're always learning. Well, and they get the message out. They're doing what you are doing. When they started out, they were getting on stages and traveling the world. You and I and everybody else has the opportunity to sit in our homes or from anywhere and distribute our information virtually. And the education that you provide others, you're saying, all right, folks, if you're going to get into the digital world and you want to sell these products, what is it that I could get from you if I say, all right, Sid, I want to buy a product. What product do I buy? Because I want to sell some widgets. I sell membership. So I have a a bouquet of products that I offer at each level of the membership. The first level, I have a silver membership where I help people identify their niche. I help people design their curriculum. 
and I help people structure a knowledge business framework consisting of courses, coaching, consulting, and collaborations. So you have and that, that foundation is for that person that says, I like what I'm hearing and I want to create this business. And yes. so and so you're you are helping them build the foundation in that first level of membership, whether they are they're starting off or they're going on to the next one. All right. I've done this or I already have this. What's the next step for that entrepreneur? The next step is for them to start implementing all the systems. So I, uh, I have very tactical training on how to set up their entire ecosystem, their website their learning management system for them to load their courses, their payment gateways, and putting together the entire framework and their funnels. And then I also have tactical training on how they can run their own ads on Facebook and how they should sell in webinars. In fact, I've decoded a webinar uh, where I did over $10,000 in 90 minutes. And minute to minute, I actually train people on, on how to construct that 90 minute webinar sequence. And in fact, a lot of my students have implemented that same sequence in their own topic, and they've been able to get some get some great results on that. So the second level is very tactical, technical implementation layer. And my third level, which is my group coaching format, is where I help people uh, refine and scale what they already have. I do like a weekly audit on their systems. So just to recap, my level one is strategy and principles. My level two is tactics. And level three is to refine and scale. For those of you who would like more information on Sid's program, you can go to the show notes at BizSoup where you find this program. We're distributed everywhere. So go to BizSoup. You can find the show notes, the transcripts, and the links directly to Sid. I'm taking very good notes on what I need to be doing. So in recapping on a webinar, the first thing you want to do is get their attention. Yes. The first thing you got to do is people need to buy you first before they buy your product. So you need to establish your credibility. The second piece is over delivering value with the concept that you have and not just giving information, but approaching it from a perspective of solving a problem. And then the third step is you talk about your product or service. You identify the problem because the easiest thing to sell is the solution to a problem. And if you act now, then you can get perhaps this bundle of other things, or you can, as the clock ticks down and that fear of loss kicks in, you're going, oh, I better act now because I can get this deal that isn't available anyplace else. It's a great formula. You haven't really invented anything new. You've just put that spoke in the wheel and shown people how they too can turn a wheel just as effectively as you. Well, I'm gonna hitch my wheel to your wagon there and my audience should do so as well. Sid, I can't thank you enough for being a part of this serving of Business Soup. You're welcome, John. This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John Debevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.